I do feel like we get a lot of times the guilt factor of I have spent so much money on my software. I've spent, again, so much money on my website. I've spent so much money on inventory. I've spent so much money on whatever it is. You just carry that guilt of how can I spend upwards of, I mean, the numbers I've heard are unbelievable, $40,000 for software, whatever, whatever people are doing. It is so hard to separate from that and take a chance on moving forward. And we always say that was then, this is now you did that. And that was probably a great decision at the time, but it is okay to look forward and find a software that's affordable and do your research or find a warehouse that thinks differently or find, you know, connections and whatever it is in websites. But that was then, this is now. It's okay. It was, um, you know, software is changing, things are changing, e-commerce is changing, and there's so many platforms out there that you can reach out to, to really just do your research on online and take the time right now while while it's in downtime and forget about what was then and focus on what's now. Find a partner that you can grow with. Are they also growing? Is it a company that's moving forward that, you know, maybe you really have the opportunity to purchase other companies in your area and you become a multi-location company? Um, You know, you want to partner with somebody that can help you get to that next step. Hi there, you're listening to The Render Podcast, a business podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, and I'm a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business. I've been in the event industry and am wildly passionate about education for small businesses and teaching others through the mistakes we've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. All right, listeners, welcome into another episode of the Render Podcast. I'm so excited you're here. I know that you guys have had some turmoil over the last few months, likely, and so we're here to talk about lots of things that I think will be super helpful for you. I'm here with Alana from Tap Goods. She is one of the salespeople over there. And Tap Goods, if you don't know what that is, is an inventory software. And so it's for rental companies or people in the creative industry. And so I'm excited to have Alana here. We're going to be answering one of the biggest questions that they hear often from their users, which is um, how to strive in slow season. So If you are listening to this when we are releasing the episode, then you likely have either been through or you're going through a really tough season right now. And so we'll tap a little bit on that, but we will also talk about just in general, slow seasons are going to come. And so we're going to just talk about that and how to survive and how to not only survive, but thrive through it. And so Alana, thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm excited for people to get to know you a little bit. So will you tell a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you have come in, and a little bit about Top Goods? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Cammie, for having me and 
um, having Tapkids as a part of this. We feel completely honored to be a part. Um, I think most of all, I came from the sales industry um, for many years, and then I decided to stay home with my kids and raise them. And then when I went back to work, um, speaking with the CEO, Doug Levy, about Tapkids and what it was all about, I just... I knew I needed to be a part of it. So I jumped in and jumped right into sales. I love what we have to offer. I especially love our team. We have a really cool team based out of Dallas, Texas, and they're so fun to work with. They make coming to work when we were in the office. Um, so much fun. Um, I am now an account director. My most favorite piece of um being in account sales is the relationship building and really helping people change their lives and their companies and taking them to the next step. So that's really been what's been most rewarding about my journey thus far and just happy to be here and share my experience and what I'm hearing and and maybe hopefully giving people some solution to getting through those uh unfortunate downtime. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm so glad you are here and that our listeners get to hear from you today. So thank you so much again for being here. All right, well, let's just dive into it. We are going to be talking about how to thrive in a slow season and whether that is current events being the COVID-19 era or time, or if that looks like another time in your life. These episodes will always be up, and so if you're listening to this and unfortunately another slow season happens, you can come back to this episode. And so let's just dive on into it. What is the context that you guys hear most when people are talking about slow seasons and how to get through them? Well, I think mostly software can really change your business. And what we hear most of the time in, in reaching out to clients that might be perfect fit for our software. They just don't have the time uh, because hopefully you're busy every day, all day, you know, taking new orders and increasing your business, but that doesn't always happen. And so what do you do in that downtime while maybe you're increasing your marketing, but that might be the perfect time to venture into looking at a new software. How can you audit your inventory? How can you be really selective? about your warehouse and the space that you're storing your items? How can you get your team trained into, you know, hopefully a new software? Is Does it have, you know, more efficiencies? Really getting that time to look at all of the, I believe the, the pieces of the business that you can really strive to improve on that you normally don't get to. And so taking advantage of that time versus just being depressed about it, actually really getting to work and this is really great time to get to work. I totally agree. I fortunately have an opportunity to be in a few different groups on social media that have to do with rental companies and just small businesses in general. And it's interesting to see kind of the response from people. There is, I feel like, one camp that is saying, you know what? I just need to relax. I just need to take it slow. Maybe watch a little Netflix, maybe do some chores around the house. And then there's the second camp that is like, all right, what else can I do? What else is there that my business can get into? Maybe we pivot, maybe we focus on bettering the business as it is. And so there's kind of two different camps. And I think honestly, both are good. Both are needed in certain times. And so if you've been 
you know, killing yourself over busyness and all of that, man, sometimes a slow season is what's needed. But then there's obviously a good season for pouring back into your business. And whether that's like you said, Alana, looking at your warehouse and figuring out what inventory is renting or not renting or organizing or cleaning or or just cleaning up maybe the online presence that you have, whether it be with your website or maybe your SOPs or how you do things. And so there's, it's interesting that there's two different camps that are really a part of any slow season. This is not the first slow season that we've gone through, yet the response is very similar to past ones. So that's fun that you actually said that because it totally applies. Yeah, you know, even, um, you know, do you have the right staff on board? And I know many of our clients or prospects, they've had to furlough a lot of people. And, you know, how do you maybe change your business moving forward? Are you creating processes where you need less people? Can you find software? Can you find efficiencies within the company where you don't need to have, you know, 25 warehouse people, you don't need, uh, you know, a receptionist where a lot, or maybe you don't have somebody that is managing your website. Maybe you can do that internally and partner with a company that does that all internally. So I think that staffing piece of it, where do you move forward? How can you train your staff getting back into busy season? And this is the time to take advantage of that. Yeah, totally, totally. What do you think some of the big, let's talk about maybe three big points that people are focusing on in either this current slow season or maybe another slow season. What do you guys hear people saying, hey, I know it's real slow and yeah, we don't have any events right now, but this is what we're doing. I think number one for us is a website. You know, where is their website efficient enough for us, especially because we have uh, our own software internally in TapGoods for a website, we can work with your website, you can, you know, have your website separated. But I think especially what we're hearing most importantly is how can we get new business? How can we get business differently? How can we be smarter about the business? How can we market on our website, um, our e-commerce platform? How can we get those orders in? And then once those orders start coming in, how can we minimize the internal aspect of, you know, keeping that process efficient internally? You know, I think that's really the big hotspot for us right now is that website. People spend a lot of money building it and they are scared to death to let go of that and look at a new process. And, you know, where are we going in the future? I mean, having those recurring orders, why are you picking up the phone and talking for three hours when somebody can just go to your site and place an order? So that is changing the path of what does that look like? Even a lot of the rental businesses are very, very custom. I mean, that's what makes them great is that personalization. But you still have a huge piece of your business that may not be that. And you don't want to spend three hours with those clients. So, you know, getting that platform 
where somebody could actually place orders online and having that, you know, sync with your inventory. What does that look like? You know, I do think it's that it's that website platform that's the biggest hot button and how can I update it? And I'm am I really married to my site? Can I take the chance and just really rebrand right now? Definitely. I think website is, gosh, the first thing that your client should see. And outside of social media or wherever they find you, it should all head back to your website. Um, I've heard it many, many times, and I teach it to my students who are involved in my courses that I teach. And we talk a lot about website being that that's the one thing that you own 100%. You don't own your Instagram. You don't own your Facebook. You don't own your LinkedIn. Those things could shut down tomorrow. You don't have any of those followers anymore. You don't have those images unless, of course, you've saved them somewhere. But the website that you have, gosh, that's your number one place that you should be, one, driving traffic to, and two, showing who you are. This is such an emotional business. I think most people get into the rental world or the inventory in general or really just the creative world. We get into this business because we're creatives and we're emotional and we want to show off pretty things. And so your website should be 100% a reflection of that. I think there's definitely a time and place to be businessy and to um, have that uh, cap on, but there's a ton of room for having um, creativity and different aspects of what makes you unique. I know that every rental company is totally different from each other. Yes, we might have similar inventory. Yes, we might have similar processes, but we're different owners or different people. And so the one thing that I think people can, you know, sell themselves on the most is going to be your website. It's going to be the place that makes you unique and stand out from the crowd. And so I think website is probably the most important thing uh, to get right. I mean, your inventory is a good thing to get right. Your social presence is a good thing to get right. But you can have a fantastic social presence or fantastic rental items in your inventory. But if your website sucks, mm, I don't know that you're going to be getting a ton of traffic because they're not going to be wanting to look at your stuff. And so honestly, there's some really great programs out there. You do not have to know coding. You don't have to know API and development talk and in lingo. I know that I certainly don't, but there's platforms out there that you can like drag and drop and input and um, man, anything that you want to know, just Google it and you can likely find it. So I think this is a great time to be focusing on your website, knowing that you don't have to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to get it done. You can save that cash right now and, and learn it for free on the internet. <laughs> Everything exists on the internet for free. So that's interesting that you bring up websites because I think it's so important that if you have someone walk into your showroom and talk to you in person, your website should be a total reflection of what that is. People should walk in and be like, oh, yeah, I totally would have expected this because your website gave me such of a presence and it matches you guys in person. So that I love that you talked about websites. That's so, so important. Well, and I think it's scary because making a change and you have this online platform, but then, you know, how are your future customers going to accept a difference? But also, is it a better place 
for your business moving forward. You want to be able to move forward easily. You don't want to have a third party service that you now, every time you want to change a picture out or your gallery out that you, you have to go through five steps and a couple of weeks later, you have time for that. You have time for it right now, but you don't normally have time for that. So partner with somebody or with a software company or with somebody online, you know, with you and with on the, on these Facebook groups, somebody that you can partner with where you can really brainstorm, like what is, what is the future of rentals and how can we make it easy, but yet still keep that branding and who I am and how can I update that with, you know, you have millennials, they order differently. They think differently. They don't want to own a lot. I mean, you don't have to have that, you know, China and you can have your grandmother's China, but you could also have, you know, something different at every single party you have. So just thinking forward about the different generations that are placing orders now, what does that look like? They do a lot through social media. They do a lot through Instagram. I've, I've never heard so many rental businesses that do so much business through Instagram, through DMs. Majority of your orders through Instagram, I can't even understand that different generation. And they're very comfortable placing an order that way. Like, I feel comfortable with this picture. I want to make my event look just like this. How do you, how do I, where do I start? And um, yeah, so it's just thinking forward. And maybe you've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on that site, but don't be afraid to change because change is sometimes a really good thing. I love change, to be completely honest. If it were up to me, I would move every, gosh, two years or less. (laughs) I love change. And I actually just had a realization, gosh, maybe a week or two ago that, you know, I'm in the rental business because I love change. (laughs) I love getting rid of stuff. I love buying new stuff. Um, seeing things in different ways. And so it's it's funny. I, I love change. And so change doesn't actually have to be only with your inventory. It can totally be with your website. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. You know, secondly, um, I really think improving processes internally. How are you running your business? Are you, you know, spending a lot of time marketing items or packages that aren't really selling. I think really doing a deep dive into your inventory, into your processes, really auditing and running some profitability reports. If you have the ability with your software or with what you're working with, really finding out what is making you the most money when you are busy and and really concentrating there. Is that is that the, the clientele moving forward? If you have inventory that is just very specific in one area, but you really want to branch out, um, what does that look like? And is this the time to clean out that those inventory items or clean house internally where you can maybe spend the money and purchase a different branding of inventory. So now you can open up the doors to a whole different group of people that are are renting, you know, just really fine tuning what that looks like and where your money is coming from. And maybe there's a, a whole piece of your warehouse that's being filled up with items that are not even being rented. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have heard so many people, especially my students who are like, well, 
you know, this piece hasn't rented in a while. I'm like, then why do you have it? Get rid of it. I teach a lot of my students to go through a little exercise that's called a dollar utilization report, and it tells you what pieces are renting, what pieces are not renting, really going through and deciding, does it make sense to keep this in my inventory or can I replace it with something else that will be renting for me? You know, I think a warehouse should be 100% full with pieces that are flying off the shelves every two seconds or as often as possible. While I know that that's not reality and that your warehouse can't be empty and on events all the time, you know, striving to have the most possible churn and turnover of your inventory is is best. It, it results in more um, dollars in your bank account. And so um, it's it's cool to to have other people who, you know, align with that mentality. Yeah, it was really interesting. There was one of my clients, he started out with a full rental business. And what he started to realize was there, what is missing in maybe your location. And for him, it was those big weddings and graduations. And of course, we know normally not during the pandemic right now, or whenever you're listening, maybe it's a downtime. But on those busy days of, you know, graduation, when somebody needs 20,000 chairs, he cleaned his entire and sold all of his inventory and focused on white garden chairs and black chairs. And he had upwards of 50 plus thousand chairs in in each color. And he was the go-to for everybody just for chairs. And so everybody always needs chairs. And he just found that through the entire, every single month of the year, every bit of his inventory was being utilized. And his space in his warehouse was minimized. He just increased sales exponentially, and he became the outsource for all of his contacts that were even subrenting. So they always knew that he would have an exponential number of chairs. So it was really so eye-opening for me to listen to him really take a step back and say, here's a piece of the rental business in my area that I know that I can master and I can take advantage of. And now I can even have my peers looking to me. So, and it was probably very scary for him to get rid of, you know, maybe the beautiful linens or, or the couches or, or just, you know, plates and everything that he had done and really just focus on one thing. And he's making more money with less warehouse space and more efficiency. So that was great. That was really eye-opening for me. That is totally thinking outside the box. <laughs> I think a lot of people in this industry you're like, how much can I have? Can I have sofas and chairs and linens and plates and dining chairs and tables and, you know, all the things. I think it's actually really genius to just do one thing or do one thing with different attributes to it and rent it out to one people who are getting married or, or actual events or rent it out to your peers who also have rental companies. Gosh, that's super cool. And then it's sharing the love with other people. <laughs> right. Absolutely. That is so cool. Maybe some of the people listening to us can have a little highlight moment and be like, oh, maybe if I did that too, maybe they'd be able to do something. So that's cool. I like that you actually said something about that. Awesome. What else? What are some other ways that you see people thriving in a slow season? I do feel like we get a lot of times the guilt factor of I have spent 
so much money on my software. I've spent, again, so much money on my website. I've spent so much money on inventory. I've spent so much money on whatever it is. You just carry that guilt of how can I spend upwards of, I mean, the numbers I've heard are unbelievable, $40,000 for software, whatever, whatever people are doing. It is so hard to separate from that and take a chance on moving forward. And we always say that was then, this is now. You did that. And that was probably a great decision at the time. But it is okay to look forward and find a software that's affordable and do your research or find a warehouse that thinks differently or find you know connections and whatever it is in websites. But that was then, this is now. It, it's okay. It was, um, you know, software's changing, things are changing, e-commerce is changing. And there's so many uh, platforms out there that you can reach out to, to really just do your research on online and take the time right now while, while it's in downtime and forget about what was then and focus on what's now. Find a partner that you can grow with. Are they also growing? Is it a company that's moving forward that, you know, maybe you really have the opportunity to purchase other companies in your area and you become a multi-location company? Um, you know, you want to partner with somebody that can help you get to that next step. So, you know, how what I've done in the past, I have to leave it in the past. And so we get that so often that, you know, even in conferences at ARA this year or last year, just hearing people say, I feel so guilty for spending that money. But software was different then and websites were different then. You spent that money on your website. You spent that money on your marketing team. You may not even need a marketing team anymore. Like look outside the box and think, okay, I did it. I, I just need to be okay with things are going to be different now. Hopefully there'll be partners out there that can, you know, partner with you to take you to the next level that will, you know, be there for you and really help guide you. You know, what, what is it about your business that you need to help get you through these slow times? Or maybe should I even be having a slow time? I don't know. And maybe what is, why am I having this slow times? Is it a software that can look into my business and tell me why I'm not being productive right now? Or is it where I can pull up all the Google analytics to say, how can I market different on my website? So, you know, I really think it's leaving the past in the past is the number one biggest problem for these companies in moving forward. I um, recently was recording a podcast episode that actually comes out tomorrow. We're recording this in May. Um, there's a podcast. It's episode seven. I talk with Kelly Simance about how failure can actually be for you and not against you. And there's a lot of times that we talk about specific things like, you know, you might buy the wrong inventory piece, but that wrong inventory piece gave you the knowledge to tell you that, hey, this type of rental isn't going to work. And so let's try something else. Or maybe you spent too much on your first website. Gosh, we spent too much on our first website. We spent $10,000 on our very first website. Gosh, that was eight years ago. And looking back now, I'm like, gosh, why would I spend that much money? I wish I would have figured out differently. But you know, the things in our past and the things that we quote unquote failed at or made maybe a wrong decision or regret, man, that gives us the knowledge to do it better next time. 
because there is going to be a next time. You know, if you buy the wrong inventory item, you're not never going to buy another inventory item. That inventory item that you bought is going to give you the information and the knowledge to say, yep, this is a good decision. Let's do more of that. Or nope, that was the wrong decision. We're not going to do any more of that. And I mean, it goes through everything. SEO, the first people that we hired for SEO, man, we spent too much and it didn't work out the way that we were hoping it would. And so we learned from that and hired another one. And the second one still wasn't the right decision. And so then we landed with the third one, which we're still with. It gave us the opportunity to learn and say, you know what? That didn't work because of this. You know, when you're talking about software or inventory or whatever it is, honestly, it could be any anything. But when you're going through something and you say, you know, I regret doing that, or I wish I wouldn't have done that, or maybe I should have done something else than this one thing. If we can recognize what was it specifically that made that a wrong decision or made that not work properly or not the way that I hoped it to, I mean, take that information and say, okay, this is why And I know that now. So when I go to do that same thing again, let's take software, for example. If someone spent tens of thousands of dollars on a software 10 years ago, they picked that because that may have been the only option out there, but it didn't work because of this reason. And so now they have the knowledge base for making that decision that didn't work out to now decide, okay, I don't want that to happen again. And so what needs to be true of this next decision for me to avoid that mistake again or avoid that thing that didn't go well? And so failure can actually be for you and it can give you the knowledge that you need to make the next best decision because decisions aren't going to stop. You're going to continue making decisions for your company. And so failure, I think, is the number one way that we learn what to do next and that we can lean back on and say, you know what? That might not be the exact same situation, but I know that this doesn't work for me because of this reason. If you're listening to this episode and you're like, I want to learn more about that, go back to episode seven. We talk all about it in the episode called How is Failure for You? Um, And so it's it's really cool that you're bringing that up and, and that that is an example more than just examples of my own. Gosh, it makes me feel good that I'm not the only one that <laughs> makes makes decisions that they regret. <laughs> so, you know, um, CEOs of companies or owners of companies, I think it's also so eye-opening to them to say, now don't stick with it. Now, now let it go and really, really make the decision to, to not to leave that in the past and just say, okay, now let's make the decision to move forward. And what does that look like? And maybe that's a new website. Maybe that's a new software. What is it? You know, who knows? Is it going to something that is mobile friendly that especially right now working from home, but if it is, you want to be able to run your business on your phone. You want to be able to have something that nobody ever leaves anywhere without their phone. So being able to have those efficiencies, um, if you don't have that right now, you should. You should be able to do your business from anywhere. And that's the future. I feel bad because my mother-in-law is not a internet-based software. She works for another company and it's a software where you have to hire an IT person to be on site. She works with very, very large companies. And I was like, oh my gosh, you should be promoting like internet-based businesses because they cannot access that information if they don't have their work computer or if they don't have their desktop at work. Like, how are they going to be able to do that from their phone? And she's like, well, they can't. I'm like, 
do you know that it is 2020? <laughs> so I hope she doesn't listen to this episode, but <laughs> it's it's so important that you move things to where you can do it from anywhere. And not only you can do it anywhere, but your clients who are signing those contracts can do it from their phone as well. We are all so busy in our outside lives versus our work lives. And you want your client to be able to be able to work with you on the go. You want to not have to focus on all of the menial tasks. If it's picking up the phone and speaking to somebody at an you know hour's length about a minimal order, let that happen on your website. Like take that out of your day, free your day up to be marketing to new clients or to really upsell those bigger orders. So really just thinking, how can I be more efficient moving forward? I think that's that's the goal of really taking advantage of this downtime. I've watched so many Netflix shows, but finally, I just, you know, even in my own household, it's like, okay, all right, guys, we now have to get efficient. How can we stream in my own household? So taking advantage of it because I have more and more heard so many businesses that really don't have a downtime anymore. Maybe it's global warming and they don't have those crazy snowstorms that they used to and really busy. Luckily, they're busy you know, all year round, but that really doesn't give them the time to stop and focus on their business and really focus where they need to be focusing. And so, I mean, I think they're so lucky to have you and this platform that you've put out for everybody. Um, I know my clients are going to be so thrilled to hear all of this information that I know even as internally in our own company, how do we get that information out? So we're so thankful to have somebody to be able to forward them to, to say, because I think it's so helpful for everybody in this industry. You want to be busy all the time. And if you're busy all the time, you you never can stop to breathe to clean house. That's so true. That's so true. Maybe a slow season is just what you need to slow down a bit and and get back to your core values. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lana, what other things do you have to share with our audience uh, before we wrap this up? You know, I think we've pretty much covered everything, everything that I can think of. I mean, we can go into so many tiny little details, but I think those are the main topics of what, where is your money going? It's going in staffing, it's going in software, it's going in website, it's going in inventory. It's, you know, in your retail, what does that look like? So minimizing that and maximizing your profit and really how do you now take your company to the next level without feeling, you know, guilt about what you've spent in the past. So I would say we, I feel like we've covered everything. I'm sure I'll wake up and think, oh my gosh, I wish I would have talked about that. But I feel like that is really across the board. Um, mainly what I hear from, from my clients and what I see, we have some great people that, that really have made a difference in their businesses through this unfortunate downtime. We have so many people that are really finding the time to, to make the difference and changing whatever process it is, may it be software or website. I'm so happy for them. I'm super excited for everybody to start getting business again and really just to watch those efficiencies happen on the other end. So that's what's exciting for us and exciting for me and all of my new friends and clients through the process. And thank you. 
for including me in this. I am again honored to be a part of it. Well, thank you so much, Alana, for for being a part of this and sharing what your clients are going through and and how they're dealing with this. I am sure that our listeners are going to be just thrilled to hear all about it. I think there's some sort of warmth and good feeling when you hear that other people are struggling the same way or other people are dealing with something the same way. Um, I know that sometimes this business can be lonely. I'm the only CEO of my business. I don't have a counterpart um, outside of my leadership team in my business. And so I know that there's a ton of people who are in the same boat who don't have a partner um, that have gone into their business with them. And so they might be feeling the loneliness or feeling like, hey, I'm the only one that's struggling or I'm the only one that is um, doing the things that you're talking about. And so. I think there is lots of goodness that comes out of just knowing that you're not the only one. You're not the only one that's struggling. You're not the only one that's trying to make it work. We're all in this together. Cue the High School Musical soundtrack. (laughs) We're all in this together. Thank you, Alana, so much for being a part of this. It has been a joy to talk with you. In our show notes, for those who are listening, we will have a link for you to go and um, look at Top Goods as a software. Their software has lots of different things that can benefit you as a rental company. And so you'll be able to check that out after we're done. So thanks again, Alana, for being here. Sounds great. All right. We'll see you in the next episode.